Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Tommy Waddle in just a second on the Goodyear Hotline. Doris Burke, half hour from now, all around the NBA and a whole lot more as we continue what is a really busy week. Obviously, Dak Prescott at the top of the news after signing the enormous contract in Dallas yesterday. And that brings us to fascinating stats brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. Uh, Mr. Hembo, hashtag Hembo, I'm told you have a stat or two that are fascinating. I do. Anytime somebody tells you that they definitively know what these quarterbacks in the upcoming draft will become, just remind them, Dak Prescott, the, the second-highest-paid player in the history of the NFL, had a lower pre-draft grade than 11 different quarterbacks in the 2016 class. There 11. were 11 guys? 11 guys. Do you have them in front of you? I do. All right, let me hear who they're... I mean, obviously, that's the year that Wentz and Goff came out, so clearly those two would have been ahead of him. What other quarterbacks were rated ahead of Dak Prescott? Paxton Lynch. Oh, yeah, he went in the first round. Connor Cook. Yeah. Christian Hackenberg. Oh, don't say that. Don't... <laughs> You may lose your hashtag just for having said his name. Go ahead. <laughs> Brandon Allen. Never heard of him. Jacoby Brissett, Nate Sudfeld, Kevin Hogan, Cody Kessler, and Jeff Driscoll. Okay. All of those. Dak Prescott's grade was a 48. That's considered a non-prospect. Anything below 50 is considered a non-prospect. Nobody actually knows anything. He now has the second highest contract in the history of the sport. That's unbelievable as I bring Tom Waddle into the conversation. Back in the days when Tommy was a wide receiver for the Bears and I was covering him, he was a candidate for a contract of that size, as I remember correctly. Is that right, Tom? (laughs) That's the funniest thing anyone's ever said to me, Greeny. Thank you. How have you been, my friend? Tom Waddle again. You know him, ESPN 1000 in Chicago. He hosts Afternoons with, uh, with Mark Silverman and has been there and has been a fixture there doing it forever. And I want to get into the, the local angle on this thing with you in a second, Tommy. But let's just start. What are your thoughts on Dak, Dallas, the way this whole thing played out? Yeah, I think you have to be thrilled for Dak. I mean, this uh, young man who uh, overcame the odds with regard to where he was drafted, I always love to see players get the best of, you know, the team and management. I mean, that's just the nature of who we are as players. I think Dominique said some really good things on, on, on get up this morning about this is what the players association has fought for for years. And to see Dak be able to go out there and, and, and gather what he was able to gather in this contract, I think was, uh, was fantastic. So uh, good for him. Like I said, he's overcome a lot of adversity. He has proven that he is, one of the better quarterbacks in the National Football League, and now he'll be paid as as one of the the better or best quarterbacks in the National Football League. This is kind of the this is the typical David versus Goliath story, isn't it? This is Dak versus Jerry Jones, and we obviously know where the public sentiment was. It was all behind Dak, and to see Dak go out there and win this battle um, was was great to see. That's well said. Yeah, Jerry Jones could buy and sell Goliath 10 times over. So I think you're 100% right <laughs> on that. And, and, and so then that brings us to this. So the, the quarterback carousel this offseason, which I think is the most interesting thing I've seen in an offseason in football in my entire life. And there's one name off it, right? The, the, he's, if this is a carousel, then Dak just got on a horse. He's in Dallas, and that's done. The Russell Wilson is still out there. The Deshaun Watson is still out there. And, Tommy, you know my wife, Stacey. You know where she is from, born and raised in Chicago. She's not a Jersey person. She does not tend to buy jerseys. She has already asked me, where can I get a Russell Wilson Bears jersey? She, has, <laughs> she is convinced, and so are most of my Chicago friends, Tommy, that the Bears are going to get Russell Wilson. I, I, realistically, I don't see it happening. Give me a sense of what you think the Bears – are going to do for for a rider on their horse on this carousel? 
Well, first, let me ask, was your lovely wife, did she have a Mitchell Trubisky jersey years ago? No, she doesn't have any jerseys. She does not. She's not. Okay. A, but she's all excited about Russell Wilson. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think that there is a general excitement here. I don't know if you know this, Greeny, but we're in a bit of a quarterback drought here in Chicago. <laughs> I know that may come as a surprise to you, <laughs> but, but yes, we're in a quarterback drought. And I think when, when Russell Wilson... When, he, when his agent released the list of teams, if in fact a trade was to happen that Russell would consent to go to, when the Bears were on that list, I have to, I have to tell you honestly, my first response was why? Um, look, I love my team, but like coming to Chicago, you're, you're not going to get protected. There are limited assets inside that offensive huddle. W- what is the attraction? It is a great market. Obviously, it's the charter franchise, but it was just curious as to why Russ listed the, the, the Bears um, on his potential destination. So, look, there is a tremendous amount of, of optimism here. I would consider myself cautiously hopeful. Like, I'm hoping, like every other Bears fan, that Ryan Pace can connect on this Hail Mary. I'm skeptical, though, Greeny, for, like you mentioned. I think you said you were skeptical as well for a couple of reasons. First of all, I don't know why the Seattle Seahawks would be interested in trading Russ. They were 12-4 and four last year. They won a very competitive NFC West. They go to the playoffs every year with Russ as their quarterback. Russ is one of the top five quarterbacks in the National Football League and has been for the last seven to ten years. I don't know why Pete Carroll at the age of 69 or 70 would want to, to rebuild. I don't know why John Schneider would want to endure a salary cap hit of dead money close to $40 million. And then I look at the Bears and I say, really, what do our Bears have to offer? We have the 20th pick in the draft. Um, Do you want Khalil Mack? He's a really, really good player still, but he's 30 years old. There's been a diminishing return for him, and he's got an enormous contract. What else can we offer the Seahawks that would entice them? I would say to you, Greeny, that that our producer out here in Chicago, Adam Abdallah, said the most pertinent thing, and I think the most accurate thing of all. If this deal is done, it's not going to be because the Bears are desperate, because they are obviously desperate to find a quarterback. It's going to be because the Seahawks become desperate, and there's no other suitor out there that can give them more than what the Bears can actually give them. And they get to the point where this is an untenable relationship where they are willing to endure that dead cap hit. So for all of those reasons, I find it unlikely, but as I stated, I'm cautiously hopeful. Tommy Waddle is with me from ESPN 1000 in Chicago, longtime former Bear receiver. So, so let me ask you this. Looking in the crystal ball, what is your expectation? Week one this year, who will be the Bears' starting quarterback? Well, there's going to be some angry Bears fan when I say this, but if they listen to our show, they know I'm going. this is the direction that I'm going. I'm looking at this through my own lens, and then I'm also going to look through it through the lens and through, through the perspective of Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. I said weeks ago, I think what you have is Nick Foles as your starter and they have a young quarterback that they've drafted. I just don't see them. If it's not Russ and you can't get Watson, and to me, neither of those is really likely, I'm not going to go out and trade capital for Marcus Mariota. I'm not going to go out there and spend money on another free agent. I'm going to try to build this team from inside out. Again, I'm willing to go out there and get whatever it would take to, to acquire Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson. I don't think that's likely. My prediction, albeit one that's not going to be very popular, and your wife's probably going to hate me for saying it, is Nick Foles under center with a rookie and that they keep their powder dry and they try to build this team in other areas. 
I'll say this. She's not going to hate you, but we're, it's going to save me money on a jersey. We are not, not going to buy a Nick Foles. There's going to be no pressure on me to, get a, to bring home Nick Foles jerseys for the kids. I got to run Tommy again this afternoon and every afternoon on ESPN 1000. Give my best to everybody. I'll see you soon. You got it. All right, Greeny, take Thank care. Thank you, Tom. Tom Waddle again. He was a terrific player in his day. He was a great player to cover, hard-nosed. I've never seen anyone get hit. He was sort of Wes Welker before Wes Welker. He wasn't as quick. But third and seven, he would get you eight. And then he would get blown up. You've never seen – just just take a look. Go on YouTube and look at, like, Tom Waddle getting hit. Every, but he would always just manage somehow to scrape himself off the ground and go back to the huddle and keep it going. Um, okay, we, there, we have more thoughts on that as we go. The Bears under their head coach right now are number two in the league in defense under Matt Nagy and number 24 in offense. They just can't get it right. They haven't gotten it right in 101 years. So I don't know why this should be any different. But if they do come back with Nick Foles, I can see where the enthusiasm would wane. <laughs> Doris Burke is on the way in this hour. Stay there on ESPN Radio. It's Demon Time on Prize Picks, where you can now win up to 100 times your money. That's right, 100, 100 times, times your money. money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Demons and Goblins are the newest and most exciting way to play at Prize Picks. Squares marked with red demons or green goblins get you different payouts. And as always, Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. They even offer injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stats types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app go to prizepicks.com slash greenberg and use code greenberg for a first deposit match up to 100 that's prizepicks.com slash greenberg code greenberg for a first deposit match up to 100 prize picks pick more pick less it's that easy Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply greenie the podcast my name is Greeny, and I'm presented by Progressive Insurance. Small business protection just got easier with more than 30 coverage options available. Progressive has you covered. More at ProgressiveCommercial.com. The great Doris Burke live in 15 minutes here on ESPN Radio as we will go through all of the, the basketball with her and everything else as Doris is just the best. But the news of this day, obviously, congratulations, Rain Dakota Prescott, for one of the greatest victories any NFL players ever had. Here's a guy who came into a league where no one expected him to succeed. He did so beyond anyone's wildest imagination. He suffered horrible personal tragedy in his life and was very vulnerable and open about it. He had every fiber of his self-confidence and being tested by the most famous and powerful owner in the entire National Football League. He suffered a horrendous injury that would have made most people beg for a pen to sign whatever deal was there. 
Instead, he just stood his ground, bet on himself, and won in the sort of landslide that will support the next 10 generations of his family. All I can say is good for you. I know Dak only a little. I don't know him well. But I think that he has been kind of the little engine that could since he came into the league, which is almost impossible to be as the quarterback of the Cowboys. It's interesting because Tony Romo was also an undrafted free agent out of Eastern Illinois, if I remember correctly. Uh, Another guy who had no expectations, but he never felt, even at the beginning, I don't recall feeling like he was the little engine that could. Dak was was drafted. He was more, much more touted. I mean, he was a, a really good player at Mississippi State. We all remember him there. No one expected him to be a quarterback. And Hembo gave you the stat off the top of this hour. His draft grade was 48. How did you describe that? It's not even a prospect? It's a non-prospect. It's a non-prospect. A marginal prospect. Like, like, Like he was not, this was not supposed to happen. And so, and I think the fact that he hasn't gotten his money, that everything else has happened around him, to be the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, which at this stage is probably the number one glamour position in American sports. What else even competes with that? Well, there was a time when I think the center fielder of the Yankees mm. was that, right? Maybe point guard for the Lakers? The, the, I don't know if it's point guard. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like the, the, the most recent Lakers superstars have not been point guards. Right. I, th- there have always been positions that kind of stood out. Like, even in football, like the middle linebacker of the Bears, you had Butkus and you had uh, Mike Singletary, and that, that, that was always sort of a thing to be the – Brian Urlacher to be the, the middle linebacker of the Bears was like a thing – to be the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys is a thing. Roger Staubach, Troy Aikman, Tony Romo, and yet somehow Dak, despite being that, has managed to be sort of the little engine that could. And I do wonder if that'll change now. Now, look, if you're him, what do you care? You just got $160 million, almost all of it guaranteed. You, you know, that, that, you take it. You take whatever pressure comes with it gladly. But I will ask, hashtag Bubba, who was wearing a Dak Prescott jersey today and is a great Cowboy fan. I remember years ago on the show, was Dak the quarterback when we made the bet and Golik had to send you to Dallas for a playoff game? Was that was that Dak's rookie year? Am I remembering that right? Uh, no, I think that was still Romo. That was still Romo. Yeah. So, so, so no, whatever. It was, it was the, the next week was the Des Bryant catch. Okay, so it was that, was that year. Green Bay, the, so that was still Romo. Week. Okay, fair enough. Doesn't matter. Right? It, it, it's irrelevant. How do you feel about it? As a, Try and divorce... Divorce like the, 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 the curmudgeonly <laughs> character that you are from your fandom and just tell me, how do you feel about this deal for this quarterback and this team? Well, I mean, I was confident all along this was going to get done. Never a doubt in my mind it was going to happen. And uh, happy for Dak, if anything. He's probably underpaid, and I look forward to the many championships He's going to bring to Texas. Okay, so as I tried to ask you to divorce yourself from the ridiculous character that you portray no, on did. this radio I program, it down a little bit. is he, he the question people will ask about Dak Prescott? The question that analysts will ask and fans will ask is: Dak Prescott a very good quarterback, or is he a great quarterback? And those are two different things. What is the right answer, Bubba? The answer is he is the right quarterback for the Dallas the Dallas Cowboys. What does that mean? He is a very good quarterback, but he is the right quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. Well, that, what does that mean? I just asked you to tell me what it means, and you just literally repeated what you said. Right. <laughs> you know, deposing you 
has genuinely become the hardest thing I do. I, I'm, I'm not even a lawyer, but getting an answer out of you oh, nice. is really challenging. Is he Thank a you. good? Is he a very good quarterback, or is he a great quarterback? I just said he's a very good quarterback. Okay, I said it three so times. you don't think he's great. So, so when we make the list of the best quarterbacks in the league, Mahomes is on it. Josh Allen is on it. Lamar Jackson is on it. Is Dak should Dak Prescott be on it? I mean, I don't think he's as good. He's, yeah, he's not as good as Mahomes, but he's better than Josh Allen. I mean. He's better than Josh Allen. Right now, if I offered you Josh Allen straight up in a trade, Josh Allen for Dak Prescott, who says no? Me. You say no. Okay, I like it. Are you going to stand by that? A lot of people might disagree with it, but I like it. Um, well, I, yeah, and again, this is my point. He's the right quarterback for the Cowboys. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because there was a very I'll take popular... Mahomes, but other than most... Other than Mahomes, there aren't many other quarterbacks I want. I, I, and, and almost anyone would take Mahomes, so that's fair. That's a reasonable position to Russell take. Russell Wilson, don't want him. You would rather have Dak Prescott than Russell. Correct. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I, I get it. He's your guy. You want to win with your guy. I respect it as a fan. I don't respect your fandom, but I respect. I don't respect how a kid from the from from Connecticut grows up being a cowboy <laughs> fan. I don't respect that at all. You're from Avon. Do I have that right? Are you from Avon, Connecticut? Yeah, good town. You grew up in Avon, Connecticut, and you were sitting here on the radio in front of the entire United States wearing a Dak Prescott <laughs> jersey, right? You, you, you grew, yeah, you grew no, up a two-hour yeah. ride from the New York Giants and Jets, a, a less than that. How, how long a drive was it from your house to Foxborough? For Avon yeah, to Foxborough is how long? A little over two, two hours. Two hours. Or so, yeah. You're two hours from the Patriots. You're two, two hours, hours from the Giants. Days. You're yeah. two hours from the Jets. You're like a five-hour flight from Dallas. How did this happen? I, my dad was a Cowboys fan growing up. He was a big Roger Staubach fan when he was growing up, and I, he just became a Cowboys fan, passed it on to me. Here we are. That's a, just a fraudulent nature to the entire fandom of your family. I would be a child when they were winning Super Bowls and things were looking up when I was young, and then there was uh, 25 years of mediocrity. But, so you're, you know. you're the ultimate front runner. You no, rooted for I the team that was them. good when you were a child. No, I rooted for the team my dad rooted for. He passed it along. Just I like was a child in the 70s. passed it along to you. Do you know how bad the Jets were in the 70s? Do you realize that I, the Jets did not make the playoffs in my conscious lifetime until I was a freshman in high school? Uh, they did, I mean, <laughs> not that I don't have a recollection. It didn't happen. Do you know how, how much crap the Cowboys get for the last 25 years? It's not like I abandoned them. It is, they last won a Super Bowl when I was 11. Do you know that the percentage of crap the Cowboys get relative to the amount of crap they deserve is, like, minuscule? Or no deserve? one. No one deserves it more than they do. What do you want from me? Right? You want me to switch teams? You, what do you, you want me to be a Giants fan? <laughs> no, I mean, we I have enough of those I, on the show. I stayed with the team that I grew up with because of my dad, and I stayed with them through thick and thin. Now we got a quarterback. He's signed. We're going to win multiple Super Bowls. Just because your team is terrible, don't take it out on me because okay. you guys don't have a quarterback, and you got to know what's going on over there in E. Rutherford, all right? So calm down. All right, that's fair. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to make a deal on the show with the hashtag crew. Whoever's team, because I got three NFC East fans in here. Hembo's a fan of the Eagles. Right. Devin and Nuno are fans of the Giants. And Bubba is a fan of the Cowboys. Whichever of your teams host a playoff game next, I will send you to the game. I will send to the game. So, so I got I got two on the hook for the Giants, one for the Cowboys, one for the well, now Eagles. We're, now we're cooking with gas. So we'll have we'll have that we're on the record. And, and I'm not worried about it because Washington's winning that division next year. <laughs> Doris Burke live next ESPN Radio. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? 
Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Greeny, the podcast. The moments and the voices behind them. Greg Popovich, difficult start. What'd you see? Well, we, we didn't score. I think it's in my best interest, Mike, to leave it at that. Mike. I play a little. Do you? I could check your left hand. I know. <laughs> I'm not going to deny it. <laughs> it's Drake night here in Toronto. My inspiration is Doris. Uh, I think she's a stunning woman. Incredible at what she does. I wish she was here tonight, but uh, yeah, just sending all my love to her. My thanks to the Board of Trustees of the Hall of Fame and the Nominating and Selection Committee for honoring me with the Gowdy Award. That you would consider me worthy to stand in this place with that elite roster of recipients is more than my imagination could have dreamed. This is Legendary Voices Week with Greeny. Coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase, and you don't need me to tell you what legendary voice that is. The Hall of Famer and our dear friend Doris Burke is with us on the Goodyear Hotline. Good morning, Doris Burke. Good morning, Greeny. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, and, and we are sort of trying to hold everything together here amidst all of the craziness, and we got all this crazy football news and everything, but we are delighted to have a few minutes with you here and go through the basketball as we are at this sort of theoretical midway point of the season and then I want to go through um, what is coming up later this week obviously the anniversary of a day we will all remember but with that thought in mind I want to start with that you know you do these games and and you are accustomed to traveling around the country all the time and being in all these arenas and, and being such a part of what's happening in the NBA how would you describe how different it has been this year and what impact you think that is having on the teams and the players themselves Boy, it's a great question. I think you can look no further than the home records of teams and understand that uh, COVID and the way we're having to play these games, the two-game series, there's so many things contributing to the records across the league. And obviously, the elite teams are elite. And as always, they have separated themselves 
uh, from the next level of teams. And, I, you know, obviously you're talking about in the East, Philadelphia, uh, Milwaukee, and, and the teams at the top, uh, Brooklyn, obviously. And then the Clippers and the Lakers in Utah, to me, have distinguished themselves. Uh, but clearly, I think uh, the inconsistency of personnel, uh, look, at, look no further than the night we had the Brooklyn Nets and, uh, you know, Kevin Durant, we get late word, he's not going to play. Then he steps between the lines and then he gets taken off the floor and the visible frustration and the frustration evident by him over the next 24 to 48 hours. This has been an incredibly strange season. It's been as challenging. If you ask these coaches, it has been one of the most challenging uh, seasons of their, their coaching careers. And we're not finished yet, right, Greeny? We are not finished yet. We're nowhere near finished. I mean, now the really interesting part begins, and hopefully things start to get better in our country. Things start to get better as as directly impacts the ability for fans to come see it and for the players to sort of live some semblance of a normal life, and hopefully we work our way towards a playoffs that will look like something that we're accustomed to. So with that thought in mind, Doris, as we watch what they have done in Brooklyn, where they put together these three superstars, and we've barely even seen the three of them together so far. James Harden mm-hmm. has been brilliant. They bring in Blake Griffin now for whatever that is worth at this stage of his career. What, what are we seeing in Brooklyn right now, and how formidable do you think they are? Let's, let's start with the Eastern Conference. Yeah, you know, once, and we, we had the game the night the trade had gone through. We were literally on the phone, Mike Breen and I, and Cassidy Hubbard with Steve Nash, and I was raving uh, about Jared Allen and, and, and what his future was, and I was getting this very tepid response from Steve, and I was really struck by his lack of enthusiasm. Well, now, in hindsight, you understood exactly why they were giving up this terrific young piece. Listen, they have acquired James Harden at the absolute perfect point of his career. It reminds me of the arrival of Kevin Gar- uh, Garnett and Ray Allen in Boston, where every conceivable individual honor had been earned by those two men, and the glaring uh, weakness of their resume was the lack of a championship. And so what did they do? They, you know, they put their egos aside. They committed to Doc on the very first day that the foundation would be defense, something we haven't yet seen uh, from Brooklyn, but we've seen enough. And so you, you get James Harden at exactly the right moment. He is a virtuoso on the offensive end of the floor. He has manipulated, you know, uh, the offensive end of the floor at a time when offenses are producing at these incredible clips. And so I'm convinced, you know, I I was on a podcast last week and they basically put me on the spot and said, you know, who's going to win it? And I came down on the side of the Brooklyn Nets. I just think over a seven-game series dealing with three of the most – gifted offensive players in the league is going to be very hard. And then I I look at a guy like uh, a Bruce Brown who has figured out the perfect way to contribute on a team like that. You know, these understated pieces around these guys, Bruce Brown. Okay. I'm going to cut. I'm going to go hit a timely offensive board. I'm going to guard anybody you ask me to guard. Like you need that kind of commitment from around those three guys. And I think you have it. Um, And Blake, as to the question of Blake, like, I'm really curious. I'm thrilled for him. You know, it's been a unique journey. He enters the league. You know, my son and I were talking this morning, and one of the things he said, he goes, Mom, he was was the guy that most captivated our imaginations when I was 
you know, a younger kid and, and interested in the NBA because he's jumping over cars. He's in Lob City. You know, he's 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 morphed his game into what it has to be, a jump shooting. He's always been an exceptional passer. Like people forget, you know, we talk about Marcus Saul and the Lakers, right, at the at the free throw line and surveying the floor and, and picking apart defenses. You know, don't underestimate Blake Griffin's ability to be successful as a passer in the league. So I like the acquisition and I'm, and I'm happy for Blake. Boy, that was a, that was a long-winded answer, Greeny. Sorry about no, that. No, it was a good one, though. I mean, it's a very thorough. And, and, and look, I mean, the bottom line of it is that for those who haven't been paying attention because he's been in Detroit and so maybe people haven't been watching, he hasn't dunked in a game in two years. He, had, he had literally hasn't right. dunked a ga- in a game since 2019. So he's a small ball center probably coming off their bench. And let's see what he adds. The great Doris Burke is with me. So, so Doris, you just said when, when put on the spot, you pick the Nets to win the whole thing. My inclination, I think, would be to agree with you. Our mutual friend, Mr. Rose, Jalen Rose, on TV with me the other day said, Greeny, if Anthony Davis is fully healthy, nobody right. even takes the Lakers to seven games. Forget about winning. Wow. No one even takes the Lakers to seven games, including the Nets. What do you think of that? Yeah, you know, and, and Jalen has a history of being right about a lot of things. And one of the fascinating things I've heard him say relative to putting teams together in this kind of situation is how infrequently teams when put together like this aren't able to, you know, have all the necessary, you know, experiences together that help elevate a team. And that's what's so intriguing to me about the Utah Jazz, which I'll touch on in a second. Listen, you know, we saw the tandem of LeBron and Anthony Davis in a uh, series of playoff series when it mattered most. And in those moments where they went to the two-man game of Anthony Davis and LeBron James, and they became an impossible check uh, because, and it's, you know, Anthony Davis, and I said this last year during the finals run, I was so confused early last year when Frank Vogel said the perimeter shooting of Anthony Davis, in particular his three-point shot, is going to be critical to us winning the championship. And think no further than the big-time three he had at the hash mark in a critical juncture of a game He's just good enough from there where that ability to space the floor uh, so critical to that tandem. So, listen, I listen. he makes a great point. And, I, and that was the team. When I did the other podcast, I thought, mm, I cannot believe I'm saying hmm. LeBron James and Anthony Davis with, with tested parts around them won't win it. But that's a hell of a series. It's a series I would pay to watch. And uh, I'm still siding with the Brooklyn Nets. And maybe I'll put a cocktail on it with Jalen Rose. I might text him after this. <laughs> oh, listen, then you're going to get off easy because last year I, I, I bet him a suit. And I cannot begin to tell you what a mistake <laughs> that was. I lost a suit bet. And let me tell you something. Jalen Rose is an expensive suit. That is not an easy suit. You do not want to bet him a suit. Bet him a cocktail. He likes sake. That is, it can't be that expensive. All right. Greeny and the great Doris Burke. So now we get to the next order of business. I remember... A year ago, mm-hmm. on a Monday, mm-hmm. you were in our studio. You came and did get up with us, and it was awesome, and we were talking about basketball and all the rest of that. You were in our studio, which you have been kind enough to come by a few times. And then you told me you were flying off to do a game that Thursday. And that Thursday never came. And we are now approaching the yeah. one-year anniversary of March eleventh, 2020. And I want to make sure everyone knows we're going to have this awesome podcast, 30 for 30 podcasts presents March 11th, 2020, which is the story of the day the NBA shut down and the pandemic became real. 
for so many people, and it's told by those who lived the events of that day and built entirely with archival and exclusive interviews, including Rudy Gobert and Dr. Anthony Fauci and all of that. It'll be available wherever you get your podcasts. Again, it's a 30 for 30 podcast, and it's called March 11th, 2020. You were right in the middle of all of that. So as we approach the one-year anniversary of that, uh, Doris, this Thursday, just what are your thoughts as, as you look back on it and you look back on the year that we have all lived since it? You know, the first thought uh, when when my colleagues and I talk about it, Ryan Rucco were on uh, the trip to Dallas the night the NBA shut down. And one of the things as we, you know, sort of gathered with one another that evening, recognizing this would be the last, you know, little postgame uh, conference we would have and enjoying sort of the, the telecast, you know, it had been an extremely weird time in our country to be traveling. We, Ryan and I kept using the word apocalyptic because it felt like something big was coming. We were uneasy. We were anxious. And on top of that, Greeny, as you know, I wasn't feeling well right around that time, and it ended up getting COVID positive. And I've tried to do in the midst of this, and both my children have subsequently gotten COVID. My daughter got it on her honeymoon um, it was, it's been frightening and, and anxiety producing. But the one thing I've said is there, there are lessons here. What are they? And I think we've learned what's important. My family is the most important thing. I'm fortunate to be healthy. I'm fortunate to, to still be working greeny. So many Americans have lost their jobs. So many Americans are food insecure. Like what's important? Taking care of one another, doing the right thing where it's possible. Um, and just being thankful, like I have my health, my kids are healthy. I guess I'm thankful. Like overall, that would be. And I said that to you, you know, right after I got well, I came on Get Up, mm-hmm. and we were talking about. It and I said, and my kids make fun of me because I just kept saying how thankful I was. But we now know how dangerous this was, and you know, we've all we we all know someone that 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 is no longer with us because of this incredible dangerous, scary pandemic. And so, yeah, I think the one lesson I've learned is what's important and how thankful I am. Doris, it is always such a pleasure. Thank you so much for a few minutes here. The best of continued health to you and the family. And and we look forward to seeing you as we start this season's second half and we'll be in touch soon. Thanks a million, Doris. Thanks, Mike. We'll see you soon. That's the great Doris Burke with me here on ESPN Radio. That's so well said. I would like to take a moment to just add a thought to that. Again, the podcast is called March 11th, 2020. Uh, it's a 30 for 30 podcast, and, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. And they do great stuff. I mean, they, 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 it is the 30 for 30 series in audio form, and it's excellent. Um, it is hard to believe that it has been a year. I, I, I remember the night, March 11th happens to be my wife's birthday, which is has nothing whatsoever to do with it, but I will always remember that we went out for a little early dinner that night. You know, it was a work night. I had, I had worked the next day. Um, so, I, I, you know, we went for a very early dinner. We would, you know, we're planning to celebrate with something a little more elaborate maybe over the coming weekend. Don't even remember what our plans were anymore because every plan we made for basically the last 12 months um, did not wind up coming to fruition. But anyway, I remember we went for just a little Italian restaurant right down the block from where we lived. I was having a little bit of an early dinner. We came home, and Northwestern was playing in the Big Ten tournament that night. So I watched that game, and, and we lost. And um, then, you know, we, we were sort of sitting there, and I was getting ready to go to bed. Like, I was just sort of wrapping up for the night, whatever it was. It's a, you know, normal NBA night. And we all knew that there was, like, a pandemic, in, you know, happening on planet Earth. 
but none of us had any idea. And then I, so I went to sleep not knowing. And I woke up in the morning and the world was a different place. I, I woke up and, and I, I woke up in a world that was completely unlike the one in which I had gone to sleep. And I'm old enough now that I guess I've had a few of these experiences, but I'm thinking of many young, on a younger generation than me, like Hembo, you're much, much younger than I am and others who are younger than me, for whom this will be the first day in your life that you'll never forget where you were. Like we all have days like that. My parents would always talk about this, and I think it's fairly commonplace. My parents would always say that they would never forget where they were the day that President Kennedy was shot. If you were alive in 1963 when, when, when President Kennedy was assassinated, you'll never forget where you were that day. I, I wasn't alive. Um, I'm not old enough to remember when man first walked on the moon or anything like that. I think the first day of that sort that I will always remember is September 11th. I, I, the September 11th is one of those days not only will I always remember it happening, but I'll always remember everything I did that day. Every action, every moment of the day becomes in, an indelible part of your life because it's just that important. And one of the things about this pandemic that I think it took a lot of us, myself very much included, a reasonable amount of time to get our minds around was just how big a deal this was. Like I remember we were having like cocktails on a Zoom somewhat early in this I don't remember the date anymore, but a couple of weeks into this, we were having like a little Zoom cocktail party with Chris McKendry. Many of you may know Chris. She's been an anchor at ESPN forever, does all of our tennis now. She and her husband are among our closest friends. And so Stace and I were having cocktails with them. And that was the discussion. We were talking about how like, this is a big deal. Like this is not, this is not okay. We're, you know, this is going to be an inconvenience for a little while. Like this is a, a, a life altering we will never forget it, and the world will never be exactly the same again kind of thing. And that's very hard to get your mind around. It's really the only second one of those that have happened in my lifetime, I think. September 11th would be one, and this would be another. So I'm not really telling you anything you don't already know, except to say that for those of us who measure life in some ways by sports, in so many ways it feels like the NBA was where the pandemic began. Like for me, that's where it began. Like, the NBA is going on hiatus? Holy smoke, something's going on here. Like, yeah, we've been hearing talk about it, and I've been reading about it in the paper, and I've, you know, you watch CNN and you hear stuff about it. But when the NBA shut down, that was when the pandemic began. That, to me, is the day. You ask me, when did, when did COVID begin? That's the day it began. And I really look forward with as much eagerness as I can put into words the day that we can officially say it ended. And I hope it's soon, and I share Doris's thoughts that I hope through all of the ugliness that we frequently, all too frequently have in our culture now, and the discord and the disagreement, and of course, through all of the pain and the fear of the coronavirus pandemic itself, that if there is one thing that can emerge for all of us, it is a renewed understanding of what really is important, of what matters to us, and, and how to celebrate it, how to water that garden, if you will. If, if you look, if you view each of the things in your life as a garden, which ones do you water? Which ones are important to you? Which ones do you want to see grow? And as Doris said, for me, it's my family and for all of us and my career, for which I am, I, I am and forever will be incredibly grateful. So those were just a lot of somewhat disjointed thoughts on something that I don't know that I don't know how to off the top of my head put into a better organized thought than that. Um, but again, the podcast I'm sure will be sensational and you can get it anywhere you get your podcast quickly before we wrap up for the day, we do have some news from the NFL and that is that Shefty just tweeted while I was talking to Doris 
that the Buccaneers are going to franchise tag Chris Godwin. So this young, dynamic 24-year-old receiver is not going anywhere. He is going to remain on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There goes my idea about Odell Beckham going <laughs> to Tampa. We'll see. I still believe that Odell will wind up somewhere else. I do not believe Odell will be on the Browns this coming year. I think it is in his best interest to be somewhere else. I think it is in Baker's best interest, and I think that it is in the Browns' best interest. But that is the latest that we have seen on that one. Meanwhile, I'll finish it with this. You want to hear, you all understand that, you know, I, I put up with a lot of nonsense from the people around me. I got Bubba, who's impossible to answer a question. I got Hembo, who's mocking me constantly. My wife likes to put tweets on, on, on Twitter demonstrating that, she, that I look small to her. <laughs> My daughter has just gone on Twitter. Oh, no. She's only been on Twitter for a short period of time. I want you to look at what she just tweeted two minutes ago. She is at Nikki Greeny. At Nikki Greeny. She just posted a picture of Dak Prescott. And she wrote above it, oh, no, what are my dad and his friends going to talk about on TV now? (laughs) My daughter is mocking us for talking about Dak too much on television. That is what is happening with my daughter, whose tuition, I might add, I pay regularly. And that is optional. Well, Dak should now. (laughs) That's a good point. He could if he wanted to. Anyway, good fun. It's nice to end it with a smile. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Congratulations, Bubba. You got your quarterback. I'll see you tomorrow. ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. <laughs> 